At last, even the comfortable Eupatrids saw that something must be done to quiet the troubles. One thing that the people found especially unjust was that the laws had never been published, and if a Eupatrid took away their property, they had no way of knowing whether he was acting lawfully or unlawfully. If we publish the laws, they will be satisfied, thought the nobles, and they chose a Eupatrid named Draco to put together what they generally agreed to call the laws and revise them. Long after the time of Draco, the laws had become so much milder that people said his had been written in blood, but they were really more reasonable than the unwritten laws that had been enforced before his day. Moreover, his code gave far greater power to the people who were not nobles, the many, as the Eupatrids called them, for it declared that the magistrates need not be Eupatrids, but might be chosen from the members of the Ecclesia, or General Assembly, who received a certain income from land. The Code even allowed the Ecclesia to choose them. This was a great gain to the many, for every man who was able to provide himself with weapons for battle had a right to belong to the Ecclesia. Draco also formed from the whole body of citizens a council, part of whose business it was to propose laws to the Ecclesia. This code of Draco's was excellent in some ways, but he forgot one important fact, namely that people who were poor and hungry and were in danger of being sold as slaves would not feel much more contented because some men a little better off than they had now the right to vote for a magistrate. One of the Eupatrids, named Cylon, thought this is a good time to try to make himself tyrant. He and his followers took possession of the great rock, the Acropolis, expecting that the many would join them. This did not come to pass, and soon they were surrounded by the war archon Megacles and the troops of the state. Cylon escaped, and his followers ran into the temple of Athene, which stood on the Acropolis. Then Megacles was in a dilemma. It would be a crime against the goddess to attack even rebels when they had fled to her protection, and it would pollute the temple if men were left to starve and die in it. At last he sent a message to the rebels. If you will yield, I will spare your lives. The rebels agreed, but they did not feel quite sure that the archon would keep his word. So when they left the temple, they tied a cord to Athena's shrine and came down from the Acropolis, holding it fast. Probably they held it a little too fast, for suddenly it broke. The goddess refuses to protect you, cried Megacles, and fell upon the defeated men. Some were cut into pieces, and some stoned to death. Then it was the turn of the Athenians to be frightened. Athene will surely punish our city, they wailed, and they demanded that Megacles should be banished. Some of the nobles agreed with them, but others were not willing to give up a fellow noble. At length, by the influence of a wise Eupatrid named Solon, Megacles was tried. The result was that he and his whole clan, the Alcmeonidae, were banished. Solon was by no means a stranger to his countrymen. It was because of him that the island of Salamis now belonged to Attica. Both Athens and the city of Megara had claimed it, and when their dispute came to war, the Athenians were so badly beaten and so hopeless 
that they made a law saying, Whoever proposes to renew the war against Megara shall be put to death. Solon felt that it was a disgrace to his country to give up Salamis, but he had no wish to be put to death. At length he made a plan to arouse his countrymen. He shut himself up in his own house and let the story go abroad that he was insane. In reality, he was composing a stirring poem about Salamis. One day, he suddenly ran into the marketplace, where there was always a crowd ready to listen to anything new, and recited his poem. It began, Hear and attend. From Salamis I came to show your error. A madman could not be punished for breaking a law, and the Athenians were so aroused by his poem that they determined to renew the war. They seemed to have decided that Solon was insane enough not to be punished, but quite sane enough to be a good general. So they put him in command of their forces. Salamis finally fell into the hands of the Athenians.